We're seeing as Jesus sees. And that's important to have the eyes of Jesus. And then what we said last week in week two that we're feeling as Jesus felt. We're talking about the compassion of Jesus and what it means to to be a Christian and have that compassionate love for others and, and to feel what they feel. And when Jesus moves in his feelings, when he moves, you move, right? Just like that. And today I want to talk to you about praying as Jesus prayed. Praying as Jesus prayed. There's a quote that says about, there's a quote I read about prayer that says, if the only time you pray is when you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. So prayer shouldn't be the only thing that we do when we, when we reach difficult situations in our lives. So the goal today, the goal of our series, the, the goal of today's point in the series is to have spiritual clarity in our prayers that we see different results in 2021. How many of you want different results? I want to see some different results. I want to see God move. I want to know that it's God moving. I want to see as he sees. I want to feel what he feels. And I want to pray as he prayed. And so that's what we're going to do. So our approach today, as each sermon series builds on each other, we we are anchored in Matthew chapter 9. And then we go over different um, pieces of that that is our impact, our emphasis for the week. Is that all right? So in Matthew chapter 9, we're going to go there in a minute, verse 35. You should be familiar with the passage because we've been reading it every week. Um, Basically, Jesus has relaunched God's ministry to reach and love the world. And Jesus thought it was a good idea to put the focus back on you in Matthew 9. So he's seeing some things. He's feeling some things. And then he tells the guys, hey, we need to reach, but we need to pray about some things. So in Matthew 9, 35, it says, scripture says, Jesus traveled through all the towns of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. In other words, everybody got touched. I say everybody got touched. You know, sometimes when we preach the word in in the auditorium of this size, not everybody gets the word for them. But when Jesus comes, everybody gets a touch. And, 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 And what I really love about the text is no one is disqualified. It says that he healed every kind of disease and illness. That's a moment right there. Don't miss your moment, church. When God gives you a moment, I'm going to give you clarity about your moments in a moment. Verse 36 says, and when he saw and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. How many of you ever felt helpless as 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 sheep without a shepherd? Sometimes it feels like the things that we're doing is as if it's like we don't have a God. Because sometimes we feel helpless. Sometimes we're confused. And here's the emphasis for this week. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great but the workers are few. In a cause and effect relationship, one event causes the other to happen. The harvest is great. It's a lot to do. There's a lot to receive. But the workers are few. It's not too many that's going to bring it in. Verse 38, so pray, so pray. Y'all see it? 
So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. God's in charge of everything. You think your money is yours. You think your family is yours. Your car you drove in. Some of y'all have some nice cars out there. Y'all think all that stuff belongs to you. It belongs to God. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. There's a, there's a thing about prayer that means all we do is simply talk to God. Pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest, who's in charge of everything. Prayer is simply talking to the Father. But as I saw Jesus preparing his disciples for ministry, something struck me this week. Something really, really came to my attention that I thought, wow, wow, never saw it like this before. Um, Jesus asked his disciples to do what he had already commissioned himself to do. He already was working. He was already reaching. He was already healing. And he told his disciples, hey, let's pray. Let's prepare. Let's prepare to reach everybody because there's a lot to do. This is an evangelistic passage. So the harvest represents the great multitude. It, it, it doesn't represent our cars, our families, and all that stuff, but it can. You have a harvest. You have a harvest. Is there something that, you wi- that you're wishing and praying that God would do in your life in 2020? In your family? No? Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought I was at the wrong church. Did I stop by at the wrong church this morning? The harvest represents a multitude in this context, but the harvest, the harvest if, you, if you're taking notes, this is something you might want to write down. The harvest also represents a great problem. Jesus uses an agricultural term to represent the problem of the day. Reaching people who feel helpless as if they have no savior. Doing things as if it's in their own strength. Thinking things as if they can come up with a thought. Accomplishing things or trying to as if it's all their idea. Mm. Yeah, God has a harvest, church. And you have a harvest. Because I believe there's some things that you would like to see get done. And I believe there's some people you'd like to see reached. The thing you're praying about is great. I know I have a thing that I'm praying about that's great right now. And I need God to do it. I need God to to give direction. I'm praying. I'm preparing for what God is going to do. But at times we all struggle. I just want to stop right here for a second. At times we all struggle with the concerns of our lives as if there's no savior. The text says, when Jesus saw the crowd and he saw the multitude, it was like, it was like, not, this, not saying that there wasn't, he, he is, he came to be the savior. But what he saw was like they were living like, they were living like, they were struggling like, they were wayward like. And, and, and when, we're, when we're apart from God, it's like, it's like, you have no help. It's, it, it, looks, it looks like you have no savior. And it, and it moved Jesus. It moved him. And he said, guys, we need to prepare. 
We need to prepare for the harvest. We need to prepare for what God's going to do. We need to prepare for what we want to see get done. And this might sound simplistic, but whenever you go to God or wherever you want God to do, you should always pray about it first. I'm going to stop right there because some of y'all, I know some of y'all are like I was. You, 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 you want something done, you're going to do it yourself. But we should pray about it first. I'm, I'm one, if you, if you hold on too late, I, I don't need you to set my table up. I don't need you to put up the lights. I can do that myself. But, but it helps <laughs> if I wait for God to show somebody else how to do it so they can get in on the blessing. Some of you are, some, some of you are like me. Whatever you need God to do, pray about it first. Because prayer, here it is, prayer is just preparation for what's next. Woo, you need to write that down. Prayer prepares you for what's next, church. Prayer prepares you for what God is about to do in your life. If you're waiting for it to happen, if you're believing for it to happen, prayer prepares you to do what's next, to receive what's next. Anybody can pray and everybody should pray. I, w- I was at uh, lunch one day with my grandbaby and family. I- I'm a proud papa and I-, and I like to share from my own canvas. I like to, like to share from my own life. And I was at lunch one day and we were... Um, all getting ready to eat, and the whole family was grazing on food. My sister-in-law was grazing. Tiff was grazing. Uh, Daughters were grazing. They were all eating the appetizers, and I'm just sitting back. I'm the preacher. I'm just sitting back. I'm not grazing. I'm waiting to say grace. (laughs) Sitting back, and uh, somebody, somebody got a clue and said, hey, maybe we should pray over our food, and so as we all got ready to pray, my, my two-year-old grandbaby, I have a photo for you, she, she, she grabbed her hands, and closed her eyes, and got ready to pray. Messed me up! Because now, what I was prepared to do, I wasn't able to do, because I'm looking, at I'm like, oh, she's praying. <laughs> I was so proud. I was so proud. But that day after the prayer, she didn't eat what was prepared for her. She didn't eat what was prepared for her. And, 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 and this is what I discovered, that sometimes prayer can be encouraging, but, but before you pray, consider this, church, consider this. Before you pray, don't pray for God to do in others what you aren't willing to accept him to do for you. See, Stella prayed, my, my two-year-old grandbaby, she prayed, but when her food came, she didn't want to eat it. She wanted what everybody else had. And sometimes we're like that, Lord, bless them, bless them, Lord. But, we, but we're not able, we're not open to, to receive blessings for ourselves. Lord, would you send them, would you go, would you provide for them, Lord? But we're not willing to provide or go for ourselves. Here's what I mean. Don't ask him to do for others what you're not willing to do for yourself. With his help. Don't ask God to deliver someone else when you're content with being stuck. Don't ask God to provide for somebody else when you're holding on to everything you got as if it's yours. 
I'm just trying to help you. Sometimes God wants you to open up your hands so he can be the provision. What if whatever you're praying for, God has to prepare you for? Whatever you're praying for, God has to prepare you for. Matthew says in chapter 9, Matthew says that Jesus told, he compelled his disciples, his, the apostles, he compelled them to, to pray over the harvest. Everybody say harvest. The harvest was the thing that, you know, y- y'all, y'all know this agricultural term called harvest? I, I don't need to belabor that point, right? The harvest, the field, the, where you're going, you, you've seen cornfields? Harvest, 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 harvest. When you see the corn, harvest is ready to be reaped in. It's ready to be received, right? Jesus told his disciples, and he told his dudes back in chapter 9, Matthew 9, he said, pray about this. In other words, prepare for it. But in chapter 10, what they prayed for in chapter 9, he compelled them and pushed them to do it in chapter 10. Matthew 10, 1 says this, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind. Y'all see that term again? Every kind. What Jesus was doing, he's now compelled them to do. He's he's given them power and authority to do. So every kind of touch that needs to happen, I can do it just like Jesus can do it. Because when I do it, it's like Jesus is doing it. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of disease and illness. I'm so glad because I'm sometimes diseased and ill or ill. Oh man, oh man, oh man. I'm going to preach to a broken church one day. In verse 2 he says, and here are the names of the 12. And he started listing Shannon, Carmen, Martine, George. He started listing you guys. Marco, Tiffany. Jason. The scripture starts listing in verse 2. It starts, it starts listing those that, that Jesus told to pray about in chapter 9. In chapter 10, he starts listing the names. He starts listing the names. Pastor, where are you going with this? We see that prayer prepared, now prayer positioned. <laughs> prayer also positions people with God's people. get it. I knew y'all wouldn't get it. If, if, any, if any one of us is out of position, everything is screwed up. I have a photo so you can see, see my point. Can you show the photo? You see the match? You see the one match that's out of position? When, when one of us is off, when the, if the worship leader is off, oh, the whole team is off. If the pastor is off, the whole team, if the, if the member of the family who is the head of the family is off, it throws off everybody else. If, if one of your coworkers, if you're leading somebody, if you're a boss or whatever, if you're off, everybody is off. There's an impact. There's a ripple effect. But when you're on, <laughs> when you're on, when you're hot for God, it's contagious. It's contagious. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Help us. Help us. What God has joined together separate. That's not just for weddings. (laughs) What God has joined together, let no man extinguish. That's for believing. That's not for weddings. That's for believing. May no man extinguish. So family, in 2020, in our 2020 vision, we want to reach more people. And if we reach more people, we have to be prepared first. And then we have to be positioned alongside each other on one accord. Oh, gosh. Because 
scripture says, or scripture implies that only praying people reach people. Not people with good intentions, not people that are effective on their job, not people that love everybody, not people that's accepting of everybody, only praying people, that's what scripture applies, only praying people reach people. So in 2020, I need y'all to be praying. Um, next week, we're going to celebrate. This is a shameless plug. Next week, we're going to celebrate our three-year anniversary since we launched. I'm so happy. I want to invite you back. But don't just come back. Tell somebody else when you come back. But th- this is the thing. This is the thing. Week after that, we're going to have Super Bowl Sunday here. Football Sunday. And I'm, I'm going to give you stuff next week to go and hand out. And I want you to invite somebody. But right now, we're preparing on our 21-day fast. We're preparing. The vision is to prepare, prepare your hearts. Pastor, I'm too shy. I'm too shy, but God called me to preach. Pastor, I'm scared. I'm scared. But God thrusted me out there and changed everything that I was thinking I was going to do and sent me to school to do something totally different than I'd rather feel comfortable doing. I'm here to tell you as, as a witness that if you will allow yourself to be prepared by praying, that you allow yourself to be open with prayer, God will push you to the right people to invite to come and hear an unusual message by football NFL players where they testify on, was it February 2nd? On February 2nd, that Sunday, and they testify. And I, and I want you to wear your favorite team jersey. It's going to be a little bit different. I want you to wear your favorite team jersey. I'm going to stand up here, and I'm going to close the message with a football on my hand. And you know I like to throw it and get everybody involved. So you got to always be awake because you never know when that ball is going to hit you. <laughs> and so I got a little bit off track. Um, and so we're going to have some, some food afterwards next week, and we're going to have some food the following week. We're coming off the fast. We're going to get with it. <laughs> We have some food next week. You don't have to do anything for it. I just need you to come early at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Somebody say 8 o'clock. I need you to come next week, 8 o'clock, to help set up the balloons and stuff to celebrate our anniversary. Then the following week, I'm going to need some of you, not everybody, because I don't trust everybody's chili. I need some of you to volunteer. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking. I don't trust everybody's chili. If I didn't ask you, you probably don't need to make the chili. Um, but we're going to have a chili cook-off. Called people to make chili cook <laughs> for the chili cook-off. <laughs> We're going to have some chili after service. Amy, you know you're automatically included in that list because want, she won it last year, the best chili in Virginia Beach. So only, only praying people reach people. We want to be prepared to reach. Church, if we want different results, <laughs> if we want different results, Martine alluded to it at the beginning of the service. If you want, if you want different worship experience, you got to do what's different. Maybe not just stand there and nod your head and let the tears flow. Maybe you got to open yourself up. Your hands being raised is a sign of surrender. There's no shame here. We're a shameless church. And we want to be a church that's open for everybody to have that free worship experience. So if we want different results, we got to be prepared for it. In John 15, we see this. We must also position ourselves with God. Not only do we position ourselves with each other, we position ourselves with God. John 15, 7 says this. This is how you connect, and this is how you stay connected. 
Pastor, say, Pastor, help me. I'm about to do the best I can right here with your help. It says, John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I didn't know I can wish for things. So sometimes I prayed about, some things I thought about, but Jesus said, you can have whatever you wish. I'm wishing for a big harvest because there's a lot of big things we need to do in the community. And, and, and we got to get out of our own way in 2020 to make this happen. There's so many things we want to do. We're, we're a church where people who've had an experience with, on their search for significance, who's had, who's had an experience with God through a friend or family member, maybe a pastor or another church, and yet they've been hurt by it. We're called to reach those people. We'll get the lost just, just by default because we're a church. But we're called, everybody say called. We're called to reach those who've had a broken experience in their search for significance with God. That's who we are. And we're multi-ethnic. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But his word says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you don't mind me repeating it, do you? I want the word to soak and saturate your heart this morning. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, everybody say abide. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That means, that means when the word is stirring, when the word, God's word is stirring in you, that means you're staying in him. Yes, yes, yes. When the God's word is stirring in you, you're staying in him. When God's word is stirring, Shannon, that means, Tiffany, that you're staying. Oh, I'm going to clear this up for you. I'm going to help you. Let me help you with that. Abide means to be stable, and, and it also means to be in accordance with. To be stable and to be in accordance with. So if his word abides in you, then you will abide in him. I'm going to help you further. I'm going to help you further. So, so as you're reading God's word and a phrase stirs your heart, you're reading God's word and a phrase stirs your heart. You ask God, if you don't understand it, Lord, what does that mean? And as he's speaking to you, you're speaking to him. Jesus said, there's a, there's a great harvest. Lord, I'm, I'm believing for my harvest. Help me to be a part of your harvest. That means when, when the word is stirring in you, when, when God gives you a, a, a phrase, a word, or something, that when you're reading his word, when, when the pastor is preaching, when the pastor is preaching, I'm giving you permission to do this. When the pastor is preaching and a word or something I said stands out to you in your heart, that means the word is stirring. Stop right there and pray to God right then and there. Because God is speaking. Many times, you know, many times, and I, I felt I had to, I had to repent of this this morning or, or this week because I felt like, Lord, I didn't tell them this early enough. But when God is speaking, stop and start praying, asking Him, is, is this for me? How can I do this, Lord? But pray according to His word. Y'all know Jesus did that. When Jesus was led, it says when he led, was led into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, 40 days and 40 nights, that he fasted. Now, now, now that's what we're doing this year. But you just, just understand, you, you can pray without fasting as Jesus was 
out in the wilderness. You can pray without fasting, but you can't fast without praying. So Jesus was praying and fasting for 40 days. And when the devil came, when the enemy of your soul came and he started to tempt him, what did Jesus do? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. So he knew the word. So I'm praying, I'm telling you, pray according to the word. Pray according to the word. When pastor is preaching and God is stirring in your heart and the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart, that's what's stirring. The spirit of God, if you believe him, is stirring in you. Pray then right there. God, I don't have enough faith right now to believe you, but I believe you're going to do it. My harvest. Lord, prepare me for your harvest. Everybody say prepare. way to stay connected to, to God is to every time you hear the word stirs in your spirit every time the word is convicting your spirit and even if the word confuses you talk to God right then and there that's the moment in your devotions time, you, you'll, you'll never be asleep. You'll never be bored. If right then and there, when, when a word, when a, when a phrase, when a sentence, when a passage jumps out to you, talk to God right then and there. Prayer, prayer isn't just talking to God. Prayer is conversing with God. And then sometimes sitting back and just letting him speak to you. Letting him speak to you. That's what prayer is. But do it right then. So as we close this morning, here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand. Would you stand? Where you are, I want you to make your way to somebody because I want us to the service today with corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. So I need everybody to take the hand of somebody close to you. If, they, if you got to go across the aisle, go across the aisle. Everyone get a hand. I want us to pray corporately. I want to pray. I want to pray the word this morning, but I want us to be a praying church that, that believes in what God is going to do. I'm going to take a second. I see you coming. I want us to believe what God is going to do collectively for 2020. Our 2020 vision is seeing as Jesus sees, is feeling as Jesus felt, is praying as Jesus prayed. Next week, we're going to talk about doing what Jesus did. Okay. Stand by. Stand by. But let's pray the word. Are you willing to pray the word? Okay, let's pray the word. We're praying, Father, forgive us for not praying your word soon enough. Together, we're believing for a great harvest this year prepare us now for what's next and position us with your help your word says we do not receive because we ask with the wrong motives but according to your word we're praying with your will in mind and when you speak May we respond right then, right now, 
in prayer.